What's up, podcast world? Thank you so much for listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. It really means the world to us. Just a reminder, you can always connect with us or message us at our website, billyandjennifer.com, and we would love to get back to you and connect with you that way. And while you're listening right now, if you could just take a moment and write a review, tell us what you like most about the podcast, hit a few stars, that'd be awesome. It means a lot to us. Thanks. Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. You're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy T. Huffman and Jennifer R. Snow. What? <laughs> Cheers. Uh, you're giving up my maiden name. I don't know if the podcast world knows that I your maiden name Snow. was Snow, which is a really, I mean, as last it's names a cute, go, it's a cute it's name. It's a name, yeah. Yeah, and then I went with Hoffman. We have friends whose last names are like Santa, Hoffman. Jingles. I love those kind of last names. It's very Christmassy. Um, Julie Jingles. <laughs> yeah, that's a real person. I don't know if you should say her name publicly. You know, like, I don't, is there? Can we? Are there copyright laws, Vic? <laughs> I can say people's names, man. You can? Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, I mean like in coronavirus days, I don't know what you can do anymore. Everyone's name is Julie. <laughs> but everyone's, not everyone's but, name is okay, Julie Jingles. Uh, you were asked to do a wedding, and it happened to be in Cabo. Speaking of Christmas, <laughs> and so I think we're gonna do it, and I, I think know. we just booked it. We did. And We're going to Cabo. Can I just say, ladies and gentlemen, to fly and to be somewhere outside of the United States is very cheap right now. Like yeah. the the all inclusive was so it's an all inclusive resort in Cabo, the Mexico. Flights were ridiculously cheap Very because cheap. they were sky miles. Yeah, um, we actually didn't pay yeah, for them. It's actually not that expensive. It's not. It's no. not. Yeah, it's a great time to go if you're not afraid. We're not afraid. Um, of the and corona. Mexico, well, Cabo, anyways, is wide open. And I was reading an article. They're like, why, why are they not shutting down? Because coronavirus is there and stuff like that. And they said ninety five percent of of their Entire, national income yeah. is tourism. They're totally. like, we, if we shut down, we die. So they're like, well, you might die from coronavirus. They're like, we're, we will we will certainly die if we shut down. Like, so they're, they're doing like 30, 40% capacity on things, but everything's open. So we're going to go to the pools. We're going to go to the restaurants. We're going to go to <laughs> And it happens to, be, happens to be our daughter's 16th birthday coming up next month. Sweet 16. Our son is turning serenity. 21. And then your birthday's in the month of October. I mean, it's just going to be yeah. like one big. And Caleb's. No longer be a teenager. Huge He's turning twenty. It's just a big year. And then our good friends are getting married. And we yeah. get to we'll, for one of the days that we're there. We're going for a week. We'll officiate the the ceremony and we'll party with them in Cabo. It's kind I've of never been to, I've never been to Cabo, so I'm. Take the sound check. We keep trying to get you to go, but you just won't make the decision. Uh, I might. I it's up in the air. I might pull the trigger, man. Pull the trigger. Make it pull happen. the trigger. Make we go into Cabo. I love it. I've only heard good things. Yes. You um, know, the, the truth is, is that we were, after being quarantined for five, seven months, just three months, lockdown, um, we were like, ah, we don't really want to go on vacation over the summer because it's like we're just enjoying our city finally and getting out and doing life again. So this is perfect timing to be going when it's a rainy season. It's kind of like October. a workcation. I mean, I am officiating a wedding. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't work at all. It'd be fun. Um, should we buy you like a new bathing suit? Or? I did already buy one. You did? I have two new ones. Where? You've seen one. I can switch the tops. Like it's like that oh, reversible. Yeah. Like you oh, can switch God. it up, different colors. <laughs> Cannot yeah. wait for that, man. Yeah. Should you get a new one? Honestly, yeah. yeah. Should you Should like wear a different shirt? Yeah, you want and me? <laughs> pants? Oh, like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should you take your shirt off and show the world oh, okay. your man chest? Yeah, my bathing suit happens to consist of a tank top, 
and board oh, shorts. Oh, we're going to tell them, aren't we? Yeah. Anyone who's ever gone to the lake with the, me or whatever. Like, you yeah. only did I could take off my shirt, but then the children would scream and cry. That's not true. <laughs> you know what it is? From the chest up, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you look good. Okay, baby. I just got to, I'm working just on the- Just um, pull your, your suit up. Oh, All I could do that. I could be dad. <laughs> I'm just working on the waist. Just trying to get the waistline down. You did though. On our honeymoon, you wore no shirt. I was 20. You were- <laughs> sexy and you like little little dance for me on the beach like it was a thing okay i was 20 in the past tense is hurtful sure you'll still dance on the beach for i'll dance yeah and in my speedo? speedo my speedo and my tank top Dude. i i swear every time i put a face mask on i feel like it's a man's speedo the way it looks Aww. when's the last like, time you put your face in a no, man's like speedo? the black ones that have the like straps around the ears Why i'm like it literally me? looks like a man every time i see it i'm like <laughs> we're wearing speedos over our mouth <laughs> Image the things you're saying are so inappropriate. So like if it's not Why would a you ever put a man's speedo on your mouth? That's what we're doing. Why are you shoving your nose in a man's speedo? Crotching it up. What is happening? Are you a crotch face? I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, Molly Jensen, if you're listening. God, I love, I love how you take it turn and we just take it to the next level. It just keeps going. In fact, but, if mics weren't on, we would pull vaults so far into this. Oh, yeah. We're holding back for sure. Oh, big time. But the truth is, is if it's not the medical blue looking like light material, everything else is cloth. I'm literally, literally just going to be thinking about that now. Like it that. looks like a speedo Banana on people. Just face. It literally is. Okay, predictions. When do you think the mask thing goes Oh, away? I have it. I have it right now. Okay. November 5th. Uh, okay. Elections. I'm telling you, it's all political, my friends. Anyway, it's not all political. let's not talk about it because you know, know me. I'm very all rebellious. But in this I area. do feel there is some political yes. agenda. Let's not talk about it. We'll get through. That's what I humans get, do. I get stirred up. Till next year, for sure. Oh. You do think that? Yeah. Mandatory inside. Yeah, I do. Vic, the sound chick, if they make it mandatory outside, it is not now. But if they make it mandatory outside. People think it is. I know they do. It's ridiculous. Those people, it's not airborne. Just so we can, can we clarify that? It's not airborne. Bob, Karen, Lisa. See, she can't even, she can't even. If they make it mandatory to wear it outside, will you do it? I will not. Just for the, the law, man. just hear for the me, record, hear me today. I will be that person. I I have I not rebelled not one time in all of this. I've been outside. so compliant. You wear your mask below your nose. You rebel all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cover my mouth is for you. Cover <laughs> my no, nose is for me. No. I'm not afraid. Yes, no. I don't in public when I'm in a store. I just do it when I'm talking. Can we not have this conversation? I love You're it so, so fearful, much. Vic. I, I will people. rebel if they make you us wear it outside. I won't do it. No, Jen. I'm not like you. Billy Huffman, you no. come full circle. No, I'm saying if they make me wear on a hiking trail outside, I won't do it. Me either. Come arrest me, man. Come, come find come me, sir. Me. Come get me. Okay. Come get me, I Governor I will wear Inslee. it indoors in grocery stores. I will wear it for the 15 seconds it takes me to walk to the table in the restaurant, and then I take, <laughs> take it, off. it off. I'm like, it's, what is this? What is this charade we're doing? Serious. It's a charade. I walk into a restaurant. I walk four feet with a mask on. Sit down. Take it off. When I get up to walk out four feet, put it back on. Like, this is a charade. It really, it's funny. <laughs> Anyways, how did we get on that? We're losing followers. We're going to Cabo. Hey, we're guess in- what in Cabo? <laughs> What'd you say? We're banana hammock. That's how we got on it. We're either losing followers as we talk about this or we're gaining a I have million no idea. right now. Guess a million? a million? Guess what? In Cabo, you don't have to put a man's speedo oh, on your face. Hallelujah. But there's always the option. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Oh, that's hallelujah. good. That got me good, Vic. Hallelujah. Jen, what are you doing? <laughs> it's because we're not going to have to wear masks in Cabo. Okay, can we continue our conversation from the previous podcast we did last week? We were talking about this thought that has kind of been consuming us, and I love it. It's committing to the long game, but living in the moment. I think that's a way to do life. I feel like we've been doing life that way. Sometimes we're good at it. Sometimes we're bad at it. But I think... You know, some people don't like the word balance. I like the word balance. I think balance is okay. And I want to commit to the long game, um, make plans for the long game, be patient, you know, think it through, realize that things in life are gonna are are going to take time, but I'm committed to it, right? We talked about marriage. I think we should talk about something else on this one. But then in the same thing, live in the moment. Like Enjoy the moments, get the most out of the moments, be spontaneous in the moments, take it in, see the good in the moment, even though we're in the long game, right? This is the whole thought we've been talking about. So this, I guess if we ever did a part two, this would kind of be part two of that. Um, Last week's podcast, if you didn't listen to it, check it out. It was on... We really focused more on marriage and relationships and sex and all that stuff. What about this week, if we take that same thought and we apply it to mentorship, leadership, and parenting? Oh, I mean, you could do this in every aspect of life, you know, but I just feel like this is such a huge deal, um, especially when it comes to parenting. And if you're not a parent out there and you're like, I don't have kids, cool, cool, cool. Maybe you will one day or you're leading someone. By default, you're mentoring somebody. Absolutely. Even if you don't know you are, you are. Someone's Someone's watching you. Someone's watching, someone's looking up to you. And so kind of like how can we apply this methodology, this philosophical way of approaching life in those areas, oh, right? I love, I love talking about parenting. Cool. Um, parenting is the long game without question. Absolutely. We've had the privilege of raising children, infants, t- teenagers, and now we have young adults. So our sons are in their 20s. Our daughter is 15. And I would say it's probably been very different from the way we parented when they were children to when we parent now that they're older, right? Absolutely. And so I'd love to kind of talk about just a few things, and we can apply this to leadership too, people that are mentoring. I'd love to talk about a few things that we do to commit to the long game and a few things that we've done, and maybe just hopefully you're thinking of them right now. As I'm saying this, I'm talking longer so that you can come up with some ideas. <laughs> uh, and a few things that we've done to live in the moment. Here's, here's what I would say. Here's I'd say one of the biggest one of the biggest changes we made from them being little children to now being young adults, right, is helping not hovering. Yes. It's the difference. Now that our children, our daughter's almost 16, so she's a young adult. and She's a teenager, but she, we very much treat her like a young adult because her brothers are in their 20s. So, yeah. And they're fully there. We we're not raising them anymore. So we help them in life, but we don't hover over them in life. It's like serving and not managing. And knowing this, those seasons and the distinctions, distinct Distinction between them. Hovering as a parent, we need to hover well when they're little. Yeah. Like when they're toddlers. I I feel like when they're toddlers, parents aren't probably hovering enough. They're letting their kids throw themselves on the ground and (laughs) have a moment, which they all do. But how we handle those moments. I'm sorry, you'll get to check out. You're going to have to hover. A parent is standing in a lobby somewhere and their kid is running wild and the parent acts like they have no clue. Hey, hey, parent, it's time to go hover well (laughs) during those seasons. Like, and then there's a time when we need to help. We need to stop hovering. Your 14-year-old, your 12-year-old even daughter doesn't want you hovering, hovering, hovering. Yeah. And it really, the hovering it, it, lessons. it really pushes. There is a level of hovering. They want to push you away. Because we do. care. 
and you need to, and kids, I, I we've said this before, like the t- 10 year old, they don't know the right thing to do. Well, that's their truth. I'll tell them that's what their, their truth. truth is, yes, mom and dad. Exactly. A 10 year old doesn't have enough mm-hmm. knowledge and experience in the world to determine what their truth is. I'll let you know. Uh, right now, here's what the truth is for our family. Here's what we do as a family. I'm going to hover, but then it has to lessen as they get older. Serenity's 16 now. Um, we hover very little bit. There's a little bit, but she's 16. And I'll just admit, I'm a good hoverer. Oh, yeah. I, I had to really figure that out. You did. I and did you have, and you and, have figured it out. And you really helped me with that. Like when that timing came, because as a mom, I think because we were just full on, like you've got, now you got one, now you have two, now you have three, you're hover, well, hover, And moms hover. are the most invested. Yeah. And then like before you know it, you're like, wait a minute, why am I still hovering my 12 year old son? Because like, they literally came weird. out of your body. Yeah. And so, and then they were nourished by your body. <laughs> <laughs> preach that but the, the truth is for and me and what did the man do in that whole process <laughs> very little very little but the truth is for me i had to really work on as a mom to to make the transition when my kids were growing mm-hmm. and i i did not bat a thousand so listen i'm not we're not over here trying to tell you how to do it perfectly we were imperfect but i i'll tell you this we did eventually figure it out Hope, thank God, soon enough, and and things worked. And I think one of the things that people will often remark, and I know this to be true for us, is our kids, as young adults, our son's 21, 20, um, like they like to hang out with us. They like to hang out with the family. Um, Our son Judah lives on his own. He has a great condo and a really nice place. He's he's doing very well in life. Um, And he comes over on the regular, and I love that. And there's no manipulation. We don't manipulate him to come over. Like, oh, I miss you. Why do you not come say hi to your mom and dad anymore? Like, we don't have to do any of that. Mm. He just shows up. And I think, and Caleb is very much, he works full time, does his thing, mm-hmm. is making music. He's very into fitness. He has a he has a, he has a very broad social life and just kind of goes out, but loves to be with the family. If I'm like, yo, I'm grilling. He's like, oh, I'm gonna be there. He'll change his plans. Yeah, I, think I what, never leave. <laughs> Vic, our other child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, right. She co-parent with us. That's that's why we did it. She well. has. Vic she has did. been like a co-parent. Yes. I mean, Serenity would not be as cool Serenity as she is. Serenity loves not Aunt Vic. Both the boys, Facts. yeah. Facts. It's, it is Facts. true. I'm actually it's giving true. you props on that. And but can I say what? this? I, would, I didn't finish my thought. I didn't finish my thought. What I was going to say is because we help them. The reason they're, they're, I feel it is like we don't hover. We help them. We genuinely help them in life. We help them with questions they have. We help them with issues. Like we're helpful. Like it's like, hey. And I think anyone, and if we take this into leadership as well, like, do you know if you're in charge of an organization, that doesn't make you the one who gets served, that makes you the one who serves. Yes. If you're the boss of in a leadership and a mentorship, what that means is you get to serve everyone else. You get to help everyone else. That's what you get to do. And if you see it another way, you're a bad boss. And I'll say it to your face, show up at my front door. If you think people that work for you exist to work for you and you don't work for them, you're a bad boss and it's going to play out and we'll all watch it unfold. And then You exist to help others. You're saying that because in the same way, in your home, you're there to help. And I think it's such, you've done such a beautiful job with our kids, even like helping when, when your, your adult children come to you and they ask for advice, instead of just telling them what to do, 
ask questions that help them come to their own conclusion. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Right. And they're going to actually push you away if you're constantly the mom or the dad who's like, I think you should do this. I think you should do that. I think there's so many things we can do as a parent in that helping season. Right. Okay. If we're going to commit to the long game and live in the moment, here's a key question we should ask ourselves as parents and as mentors. What do you want to be known for? And then the follow-up question is, what are you actually known for right now? And we're going to have to bridge that gap. What do you want to be known for as a parent? Can I just say this, whether I'm a leader, a mentor, or a parent? I think it's the same for me. I kind of, it just comes to me super quickly. I want to be known for being genuine, for being grateful, for being hardworking, and for being happy. That literally, I mean, that just, I, I can say that in a second. I want my children to be like, my dad's a grateful man. He's a genuine man. Mm-hmm. He's hardworking. He's happy. I want people who I lead which means I get to serve them, mm-hmm. right? I want the, you know, what do you want to be known for? And then you have to ask yourself and probably some close friends, what are you known for? Um, Billy's very strong and opinionated. Like, oh crap. Like that doesn't really fall into, you know, like, you know, the grateful. I'd rather, instead of Billy being opinionated, Billy's grateful. And like, and having to be honest with ourselves and then make changes so that what we want to be known for is actually what we're known for, right? So that good. is so important with our kids. Do you want your kids to see you as their, do you want to be known as the best friend or do you want to be known as dad? Quite honestly, without hesitation, I want to be dad. Dad. Well, let me ask you this because you're you're talking in big picture mm-hmm. and all I can think of is what does dad look like in the hovering seasons? And what does dad look like in the in the um, helping seasons. Yeah, yeah. Could you, can you break that down in a practical way? Like when you were raising toddlers and then elementary children, which was a very much hovering season of where it takes a lot of effort. What yeah. did that look like for you? I, that's a great question. Here's all I can think of right now. When they were young and needed us to hover, I feel like what I did, because it was natural for you as the mom, like you were the best hoverer. And I think most moms, it's intrinsic in them. I helped you. That's how I hovered. So our young kids saw me helping you with them and whatever needed. If it meant changing diapers, if it meant getting up at night, like you had to breastfeed, but I would get up, get the baby, put the baby on your breast, which I was jealous. Then you would get done and I would take the baby, put it back. Like you could have easily done all of those things, but I did that. And then hovering for me was them seeing me love you. That's really And good. I felt like the best thing I could give, like you were so much better at like the maternal mom things as most moms are. And I was very like, I would wrestle with my kids, put them on my lap, I'd hold them, whatever. I would do all those things. But I think the best thing that, and I learned this from my dad, that I could give my children was seeing them seeing me love and support you. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids get that, right? Like, and I would support you. I would love you. I would help you. That's how I kind of helped our kids. And then as we kind of got out of those younger years, then my boys became teenagers or even preteens, really. And same with Seren. Then it kind of shifted and all of a sudden, I became like the helper and now I started to teach them what it means to be a real man, what it means to be a servant, what it means to be a gentleman, what it, you know, and we kind of started shifting roles a little bit. We've talked about that before. And then I jumped in more hands on and we didn't plan it like that. That's just kind of how it unfolded. I I guess we watched, we watched, you know, I definitely watched my dad do that. I always said too, like in the beginning, I was, I was in the driver's seat when they were very little, especially Mm -hmm. when you're, they're infants. And then as I got into their preteen, I realized really quickly, I need to jump out of the driver's seat and let you take over. It doesn't mean that you weren't involved. You were extremely involved in the hovering season. You backed me and you just said that. And what I love that you did, and I don't know if you remember doing this, you would, you would reiterate at times. I'd be like, Judah, don't touch the puzzle. 
you, and Judah would look at you before he looked back at me. Because he wanted to see if dad actually meant I'm the like, same son, thing. Listen to your mom. And what happened was it yeah. reinforced that my voice is, is just as loud as your voice. Yeah. And it and it, it gave gave me your authority <laughs> when you were no, but it, but it, but you as got, a child, you got a set of lungs on you. Even as a, as a child, <laughs> even right now, I always looked at my dad like, "What is my dad going to say?" Like my mom, I always hear my mom say it, but I would always look for my dad's reaction as a little girl. And when my dad's reaction mirrored my mom's, I was like, "Oh, this is serious business." Yeah, it's real now. It's real now. And so you always backed me. Yeah. And and that was such a huge part of raising great kids when they were little. And can I say thank you? And I, I think, man, we thank God that we kind of fell into that. I think we had a good example. Um, one of the ways that we've committed the long haul with our kids and also lived in the moment is we've we've held on to core values, but we've also learned to break the rules. Um, I, I think that. one a part of my job as the head of our house as, as the dad, especially when they were young, was I kind of established and held us to core values. You did too, but like I was very vocal. Like some of our core values with our kids, they would know it's like honesty and trust. You know, we don't lie. We tell the truth. We don't live deceitfully. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a big deal. If you were going to get in trouble in our family, it's because you weren't being honest. Like, we just did not play that game. Right. Um, love and loyalty. I mean, our family is a tight bond. People have accused us of being in the mafia, and I take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, we love each other, and we are loyal to each other. If I disagree with you publicly, if I disagree with my kids, I'm going to back them publicly. And then in private, I'm like, listen, man, I love you. You're way off. Publicly, I got you, man. I will be loyal to you, right? Like yeah. these are core values, gratitude and humility. Huge, core values, hard huge. work and caring. Like all of these things are core values. So I would kind of like, I would make sure that we live those, I would reinforce those. But then also as dad, and you would pick, I had to be, get better letting you do this too. I would let us break the rules. For instance, like bedtime's at eight. I'm like, guess what? Tonight we're staying up at 10 and we're watching a movie. You know, and like, ah, oh, we broke the rules. You know, like we yeah. would, we would, um, we're not eating, we're not eating bad. Like you're very healthy. We're very self-conscious. I'd break the rules. Like tonight we're going out and getting ice cream. Ah, we broke the rules. Like you have these moments. Totally. And then I had to get better at letting you do it because <laughs> what was happening when they were very young, but it was looking like dad's the fun one. Right. And mom's the authoritarian. And the truth of it is you were down too. Like Absolutely. I never just did it, you know, and you'd be like, so what we would do is like, you would, I, we'd say, I'm like, babe, let them know. Like we're going to tonight. You always wanted to deliver the fun news. Tonight, and I was like, you, babe, let me yeah, deliver the fun like, news. We're going to make a tent and watch movies in the tent, yeah, you, you know, till midnight. Well, you always get to it before I get a chance. Um, we're taking you out of school tomorrow <laughs> and we're right. going to the lake. Like the little stuff like that, like, hey. Hold your core values, like, and then I know mom won't let you. <laughs> yeah, you always had this tendency. I never said be, that. That would be terrible if I did that. <laughs> but you Mommy always wanted want to deliver to, the good daddy. news. Like, they let me deliver the good news. Who's your favorite, Daddy? <laughs> Stop. Learn to break the rules where yes, you can, because that yes. helps us. We're, we're in the long haul. We're in the long game. We're gonna hold to our core values, yep. but also, man, we're gonna live in the moment, right? I love that. I um, love that. Okay, how about this? Can we kind of um, be practical on this? I think the hardest part. Well, I don't know, but with parenting, leadership, the long game is real and you have to play it out. I remember, you know, we've had parents be like, you know, my son's 17, he won't do this, this, and this. What do I do? I've literally had to say this to parents before. You should have done it when they were 10. The window and is 12. Yep. And then 13. You've the and now that they're 17, like you're literally looking at a young man who's kind of deciding for himself. Mm -hmm. And there's only so much you can do now. You should have been doing it. So I think the long game is really, really important what we do Thank when they're young. Thank you for saying that because I can't, I, I can't say and stress this enough that when they are little, elementary especially in that middle school season, 
you got to put the work in mom and dad. And I know that most of us work full-time jobs. Both parents are working outside the home. There's a lot going on in life, but we have to figure out how to put the work in during those seasons. Because like you said, that those, those ages in that season is what affects the long game, which means when they're in their teens and in their early twenties, it will play out. And like you said, by the time they're 17, 18, if we haven't put in the work and really, and we don't even see the fruit. Like I, I feel like now we're just seeing the fruit of what we did in their elementary years. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, if I can say it like that, like seeing Caleb and Judah, it's like, wow, like we did some things right. We didn't do it perfect. There's some things that we would have changed for sure. But it's like, Always. but it's like, it's so rewarding to see your kids finally kind of make the decisions on their own. And they're good ones by God's grace. Can I be honest? It's kind of rewarding to see them make bad decisions and learn from them and figure it out because that is life as well. Yes, I feel like some of the things that have helped us the most in life were the hard things that we just kept going through. You learn from it. You get mm -hmm. better from it. Can I just say this? I'm gonna say it. I've said it before on this podcast. I'm gonna say it again. I do believe that the year 2020 which we are all living in right now, which has been the hardest year of for for a world yeah. probably yeah. in a long time, if ever. Like it's not just it's not just to our state, it's not just in our family, it's not just in our community, it's not just in the nation. It is worldwide. Right. The hardest Everyone year collectively for everyone. And I think it's gonna get harder. There's a lot of things that haven't hit yet when it comes to economic repercussions and all these different things. Can I just say I do actually kind of believe that we'll look back in years to come and be like 2020 changed things for the better. Mm -hmm. It's definitely changing things for the worse. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to me how sometimes bad things make us so much better. So much and so better. it's rewarding to see our kids fail because God knows they're going to. We fail and learn from it. Yeah. I think that's rewarding. How about this? As we kind of kind of close out this thought today, what are three practic practices? And I, I kind of wrote these down. Um, I'm going to hit them with you. I'd love to have a conversation as we close, um, three practices that have helped us commit to the long game. Because we feel like with parenting, with mentorship, that is super, super important. I think three of them, I'll say them, let's talk about them. I think we've learned to be honest, we don't pretend, and we don't exaggerate. Those have helped us as parents and as leaders commit to what mm -hmm. is a long game. First of all, be honest. Um, have the difficult talks when you need kids. to have those talks. Um, you know what I'm saying? And also have the fun talks too. Don't always at the time you talk to your children or people that you're leading be the difficult talks. Right. The talks where you have to correct or bring correction or reprimand or whatever it is. I even hate that word, reprimand. But you know, like the difficult talks. Also have the fun ones where you're just talking life and you're having a good time, right? Um, but have them. Have, have them. them. You have, you can't actually punk out of those conversations. Right. People do it all the time. Leaders do it. They refuse to communicate. They refuse to talk about it because they don't know. And here's the worst thing you can do in times like this, 2020, or as a parent, wherever you are. The worst thing you can do is not talk about it because you don't know what to say. It's like it's like a mom. Talk. It's like a mom who kind of suspects that their son is looking at pornography at the early age of 11 or 12. Eight. <laughs> or eight. As and soon a mom, as they see it, And a mom kind of is like, acts like acts like they don't really know what's going on. Can I just say mom, dad, parent? Like it's on you to actually have the conversation about pornography with your children. It's on you to have the conversation Crazy about that, yeah. where the birds and bees, but it's honest conversations. And it's it's on us when when our kids ask us questions that are about 
the anatomy, the body, sex, even at like seven and eight, like they're young, they're asking questions, they're curious. Why is my why is my friend like girls and she's a girl? Why is my friend a boy like boys? Like all the things that our society are not even just sex. All of it. The question about like you have an inkling that your child is vaping or smoking weed or and you're sipping like, alcohol. Oh no, they would never. That's not my kid. Can we just please be honest? Well, maybe, yeah, be honest with yourself. But also, I think sometimes, even if we know, it's like I don't know what to say. I don't know how to start that conversation. To which I would say, simply start it. Right. As a leader, as a parent, not talking about it because you don't know the answers or what to say is not a good enough excuse to not talk about. That's it. right. That's Open right. Open your mouth. Start the conversation. It's going to be messy. It's going to be hard, but they will appreciate the fact that you care enough that you're even aware to talk enough. about it. leader or parent. Say something. Start talking. You're like, I don't know what to say. Figure it out as you go. Yep. People that are following you and your children will appreciate the fact, even if they respond wrong, they'll appreciate the fact that you care enough to at least like, hey, let's let's talk about this. Yes. Let's have these. And then, can I say, in being honest. Honestly, show them that you love them and believe them. Don't let it just be like, like okay, we and our our family, our culture is like, I love you, I love you, I love you. We say it all the time because I think saying it is way better than not saying it. So like, love you, love you, love you. We say it a lot, right? Now, if we don't show them mm-hmm. that we love them, then that becomes just lip service and becomes not real. We have to honestly show our children that we love them. How do we show them that we love them? For me in this season of life, it's we serve them. I like, I'm not it. their servant, I but I serve it. them. Like, I want to help them. I want to be there for them. Um, I put them before myself. You do the same thing. You're just like, oh, you're so noble. No, 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 no. We actually genuinely love our kids, so this is how we're going to do it. Secondly, show them that we believe in them. Be honest with it. Be specific in what you believe in. Like, I'm so proud of you. I believe in you. That just becomes patronizing unless you are specific. Like, Caleb, I, Caleb is, is making music, He's, he's and he's really good at it, yes. right? Yes. I genuinely, this last song that he did, it's one of my favorites. And so I have told him that and I make it very clear to him. Like, dude, like that's like one of my favorite songs right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like show them that you believe in them, that you support them. Put your money behind that, by the way, mom and dad. Like just invest in them. I don't know. Like be honest. Um, Don't pretend. I think the best way to not pretend honestly is be who you are and show them how to do the same. So I'm not gonna try and be someone I'm not, and I'm not gonna ask my kids to be something they're not. I'll teach them to be polite, I'll teach them to be courteous, I'll teach them to work hard, but we're going to allow them to be who they are, even if who they are is different from who we are, and that's when it gets tough. Yep. Right? Yep. Don't pretend. Don't pretend like everything's okay when it's not with your kids. Yep. Teenager-itis, right? Like this happens all the time. And we have like the kids are like something's off. You know it's off. They're not really talking. They're kind of moping. And parents, because it's a difficult conversation, we kind of pretend like it's good, right? You were touching on that. Like they pretend like they're not doing bad yep. things. We pretend like there's not an issue. Don't pretend. That's how you beat teenager-itis. You don't pretend. You're like, hey, something's not right. Oh, no, everything's fine. No, 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 no. We're going to have a conversation. We'll do whatever we got to do. Or even, even, even you know stuff's not right, but you're allowing. You're just allowing your teenager- to, to behave, to shut themselves in their room for hours upon hours every day. Don't pretend it's like, that it's okay for them to be in their room for six hours a day. It, that's, that's, it's normal. It's not normal, it's not man. Normal. In what world is it normal? And that's not healthy. And I think that's when we have to become a good, better parent. We have to be more aware. You're like, well, they don't want to come out. Well, then you go in. That's they right. won't let me in. Then you take them out. 
Do whatever you've got to do to get into your child's world. Yep. Don't pretend like everything's okay because what they'll do is they're seeing that and it also, creates a culture when it of comes that's, to that's their, fake. When it comes to their friends, there was a season where like we we could have just gone along with her her choice of friends. We just were like, we're not going to pretend that you're going to end up okay with these set of friends. We had to intervene and have some real hard to And I'm not going to pretend that I don't see what your friends are doing. Right. And it's not okay for you to do that. I'm not going to pretend that you could be around them for long and not start doing the same thing. I'm not going to pretend. I'm just going to be honest with you and we're going to deal with it and handle it right now. Right. Also, don't exaggerate. On the flip side, I think as parents in our in our efforts to love our kids and you know reach them, we can be Overly complimentary. Now, hear what I'm saying here. Maybe your personality is given to, if you're listening to this, like you're just complimented, you're optimistic, like you're amazing, you're great, you're the mm-hmm. best, you're wonderful, I'm so proud of you, look what you're doing. Even if that is your actual proclivity and personality, by doing that, it can come off insincere. You might be like, but I'm very sincere. I get it. And I love that you're sincerely that person. But over complimentary comes off no matter where you are as insincere you're so good at everything oh my goodness look at you you're, you're like and all of a sudden nobody with a brain American they're like Idol. they're like it, it's insincere mm-hmm. so don't exaggerate how much you love your kids is that me as the couch it keeps talking I'm, I'm super animated right now also don't exaggerate their mistakes yeah don't make things that they do bigger than they are even if it is a big deal, right? Yeah. Like I'm trying to think, there was a time when our son Judah made some mistakes in middle school that were a big deal, enough for us to pull him out of middle school and homeschool him, right? Do online school for a year. Right. Um, we didn't make the biggest deal out of it. In fact, we were like, dude, this is, like we just kind of like embraced how well he was doing online school. Hey, we want you to be home. I feel like it's better. Like, you know what I'm saying? We did our yeah. best not to make that, some of those mistakes or pathways he was going down define him. Don't right. exaggerate how bad things are. I, and I think that's so important because if we do, then they feel so embarrassed and ashamed that when they do make a mistake again, they won't come. They won't come back to you. They won't come and, and communicate that they've made a mistake. And I think it's important how we react in, pretend, those, yeah. in those, those really, you know, critical moments in raising kids where they do make some mistakes or we find out they didn't even tell us and how we go about those conversations. We need to address it, but we also need to not make them feel like it's the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end. It's actually never the end of the world until it is the actually the end of the world. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll know that when it happens Um, or it'll just hit us and we'll be gone. Uh, Also, I think we shouldn't exaggerate when it comes to like talking about what they're doing, like, cause what it does, it creates unrealistic expectations. Like I love to praise my kids publicly. I love to. And I think it's important as a parent. I think it's important as a leader, by the way. You should always recognize and praise people publicly. And you should always correct privately. Just so you know. I don't think there's ever a place to correct publicly. Even if my kids are publicly going, like I might say that we're going to deal with this right now, but I will go private. Mm. I just, it's never going to help you, by the way. And the same thing with a leader. Yeah. Same. You're like, well, they disrespect me publicly. I'll be publicly. I'm like, you can maybe address it publicly, but you have to deal with that outside. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Take your own philosophy. I'm just telling you what I think works. Um, but like, not setting unrealistic expectations by exaggerating what they're doing. Yeah. Like our son Judah, he's very good in the YouTube world with what he does. 
and I love to tell people about it and I will, but I don't go over the top. I'll just simply say, yeah, he's, he's been crazy successful. We don't really know. And if they inquire, I will let them know. Yeah. He's number one in the world on YouTube in his area of expertise. I'm not exaggerating that he actually is number one. You actually can go look and his videos have millions of views and he has hundreds of thousands of subscribers. You can see that, but I don't, I don't want to exaggerate how great he's doing in areas that he's good at. First of all, because he's not great at everything. And so then maybe it amplifies his weaknesses, right? And secondly, I don't want to give him unrealistic expectations. Like my dad keeps saying this and this, you know, it's because what if that changes? Well, then that wasn't what you were defined on anyways. I wasn't exaggerating. What you're getting to is raising confident, grounded, humble, authentic kids. Yeah. And, and I think what you're getting to and why you're making these points as I'm listening is that, that it's, it's, it, there's such a, a fine and, and a delicate d- dynamic when we're raising kids who we want, we want to encourage them because we want them to be confident in who they are, but we don't want them to be arrogant and think that they can do anything and everything. Cause the reality is, is we can't do anything and everything, right. but they can do there's certain gifts in them that they can literally be the best at, maybe right. the best in the world at and how you build your child over those years, what you're getting at is so critical to their long-term health, which again is the long game is we're, we're not trying to create some kind of like magical kid in a moment. We're trying to build a child that can grow and be grounded for the long haul. So good. Like, like praise them in the moment, like see and admire and bring value to what they're doing in the moment, but don't allow what they're doing in the moment to define their future because it could change. Like I didn't know until Caleb hit like 16, 17 that he was ever going to be good at music. He showed no inclination towards that in his childhood years. And then all of a sudden he hit 16, 17 is probably some of the influence of Vic the sound chick, his aunt, like teaching him guitar. And now all of a sudden, like he's really, really good. And who knows in 10 years from now, what he'll be really, really good at, right? Like there's things that we're learning. You didn't know you were an entrepreneur until you hit your 30s. I mean, you've always been like good and could get things done. But you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden you hit your 30s, you're like, you actually have a gift. So it's, yeah, commit to it. And I just was thinking, isn't it a beautiful thing when we run into people who are confidently secure and they know what they're good at, they don't make apologies for it, but they're not... They're not arrogant. And and I always wonder when I meet friends and adults that way, I go, mom and dad did something right. And I think what we're trying to get at is is as we're building and raising kids, we want to build for the long haul. We want to raise a a mature, secure, confident, kind adult. And the way to do that is to take the time to encourage, but but be honest. Take the time to correct but don't make them feel shame or right. overwhelmed like don't it's the end of the world. Um, um, take the time to be like generally interested in what they're interested in and encourage them to be great at what they're great at. And I think over time, they become a great human. And it's just extraordinary to see. It's yeah. extraordinary to see. Yeah. And and I think as parents, we have to really commit to the long haul of that and in the, in the, in the day in and day out of yeah. loving our kids. And I think we can do it. I'm so committed to the long game but I'm also committed to living in the moment. We have to. And so if you're out there, you're listening to this podcast, I hope you're encouraged. And um, we're going to make it through and we're going to be patient in all of it. And we're also going to enjoy every single moment. Like for us, in the very near future, Cabo. Cabo. Cheers to that. Cheers, my love. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. 
Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers. Cheers.